Welcome to the New Disciple Podcast. This is Jeff Strong broadcasting from Nelson, British Columbia. Today we're going to be looking at the first uh, party vying for uh, political leadership in the upcoming Canadian federal election as part of our The Politics of Jesus series. We're going to be looking at the People's Party of Canada. I've decided to go right to left in terms of party affiliation. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with what we're doing, my idea is very simple to provide a very basic overview. I want to try and steel man each party's platform as much as I can. So instead of straw manning them and setting up a caricature or a bad faith uh, argumentation against the party or, or their leaders, uh, I, I really want to try and present in the best light the party's intentions, believing, as I do, that the party's leadership really does desire and have a vision to work towards the best Canada possible. And that's what politics is, uh, ideally, is people really fighting for the best for their country. So I'm going to presume that all of the parties and their leadership have that intention at heart and to evaluate their policies accordingly. So I'll introduce the party, talk about it's their platforms, at least the published platforms. Not all of the parties, in my mind, have done a good job to this point of even um, disclosing what their priorities and platforms are. And then maybe why a Christian would consider voting for that. And what would be some cautions that might cause someone to say, hmm, as a person of faith, I this, this would be some friction here. Um, and it might cause me to look in a different direction. So People's Party of Canada, established just under a year ago by Maxime Bernier. It's a right-of-center party. It's been called libertarian, conservative, and even populist. It arose out of Bernier's discontent with what he called the intellectual and moral bankruptcy of the Conservative Party under Andrew Scheer, which Bernier believed to have abandoned conservative policies grounded in principles like personal responsibility, small government, fairness, economic prosperity, and freedom. So Bernier is driven by a conviction that Canada should be strong and free and that the People's Party of Canada drives that philosophy down and through their policies. So I'm going to move through their policies very, very quickly, although to their credit, the People's Party of Canada does a very good job of making it very clear up front on their website. It's very easy to find their platform. Their platform is broken down into two-page PDFs that outline the issue, facts around the issue, and then their plan of what their government would do if they gained um, power. So in no particular order, I'm going to move through these. I'm not going to necessarily comment on them. I'm just going to kind of say this is what their platform states. This is what their priorities are. I've read through all of the PDFs, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to kind of summarize them coming out of their uh, statements, their, their, their headlines for each. So the first is supply management. The PPC wants to make dairy, poultry, and eggs more affordable by ending supply management that incentivizes, or sorry, that uh, keeps the prices of dairy and poultry and eggs artificially high. In healthcare, they want to give provinces incentives to deal with wait times and rising costs. So they want to make sure that provinces are empowered under reforms to become more efficient 
and uh, are incentivized to be fully responsible for healthcare funding and management so that they can be fully accountable. And the kind of the idea here is that um, provincial governments will never make the tough decisions that they need to if they can always blame Ottawa and the feds for not just simply downloading more money. Immigration, the PPC wants to reduce overall levels of immigration to a level that it believes is more uh, sustainable and more reasonable to be able to facilitate genuine integration and assimilation into Canadian society. So reducing that overall number from about 300 or 350 proposed under the current Liberals to about 150. And of those 150, the PPC believes that we should be prioritizing uh, skilled immigrants to strengthen and buttress our workforce. Refugees, the PPC wants to end open border policies and prioritize persecuted groups. And so their platform here is to confront the current refugee policy, which they believe to be unsustainable, costly, and is being abused by false refugees at the borders. And so they want the Canadian government to first help those in need amongst their own population and then give priority to real refugees. And so there's a lot here, if you look at their plan and sort of divesting from um, the UN and some of its uh, migrant compacts and setting our own uh, policies and parameters around refugees. Pipelines, PPC is incredibly pro-pipeline. They want the entire oil and gas industry to grow. Their policy does a lot of work in trying to repeal certain bills, which kind of pump the brakes on pipeline development. And the PPC really wants to be a champion of the oil and gas sector and spread that prosperity, become less dependent on foreign oil. They would say, we're going to be using fossil fuels for the foreseeable future. And so we should be leveraging that natural resource for the benefit of all Canadians. Foreign policy. PPC is strongly against uh, an interventionist approach to foreign policy. They want to be focusing on the security and prosperity of Canadians. And what that means is working with allies to maintain strong and peaceful international order, but not getting involved and avoiding foreign conflicts unless there's a very, very strong, compelling strategic interest in doing so. Equalization payments. PPC is against uh, doing a radical rethink and recalculation of equalization payments. They view these payments as being fundamentally unfair and what they describe as a poverty trap because provinces which aren't as economically uh, dynamic and vibrant get more equalization payments. So from the PPC's point of view, what this can do inadvertently is incentivize provinces to not develop economic vibrancy because the more economic vibrancy you gain as a province, the fewer transfer payments that you get. And so their plan is to reduce the payments, the transfer payments, the, sorry, the equalization payments so that individual provinces retain a deep incentive to develop their own uh, resource capital and human capital. PPC is also 
really advocating for standing behind the men and women who sacrificed for our country. So they have a lot of, they have uh, quite an agenda in terms of bringing economic, social, relational supports to veterans. They really see it as a sacred commitment to honor uh, the military men and women who serve as veterans to the country. That's a big part of their platform. Um, and then probably the last two, and maybe the most controversial, depending on how you read and understand these statements and these documents and your own, um, yeah, your own your own position on the political spectrum. The first is, uh, so, sorry, the first of the last two, but maybe the first of the of the two most controversial, are ending official multiculturalism in Canada in order to preserve, preserve Canadian values and culture. So I'll read their, their plan here. It's very short, but this is their summation statement to, to this policy. They would say official multiculturalism is based on the idea that there is no unified Canadian society and no distinct Canadian identity to integrate into. And therefore, Canada is just a collection of ethnic and religious tribes living side by side. But the PPC would argue if we want to keep our country united and ensure social cohesion, we must focus on what unites us as Canadians and not what divides us. So they have a plan there for how, what that unification looks like, but they see it as a very intentional and official shift away from multiculturalism as a national idea and reinforcing particular Canadian values. And then the last one, and this is likely, I mean, it seems to be in terms of social media and what's out there, the more most controversial of the PBC's policies is its platform as it relates to global warming and the environment. So the PBC rejects what, the, what it would call climate alarmism and wants to focus instead on making concrete improvements for cleaner air, water, and soil. And so in combating and rejecting climate alarmism, the PPC would stand against a narrative that would say the greatest existential threat to us is climate change and no cost is too high, no measures are too outlandish. It's all hands on deck doing all that we can, up, potentially even upending our entire economic system in order to facilitate a rapid and dramatic movement to green energy and a sustainable way of living in order to avert climate catastrophe. So the PPC, PPC's platform and policies would first of all throw into question some of the scientific consensus around global warming and what they would uh, they would question the quote unquote certainties or inevitabilities that are pushed through that narrative of climate change. And so their plan says, given the uncertainties over the scientific basis of global warming and the certainties about huge costs of measures designed to fight it, they would argue that there's no compelling reason to jeopardize our prosperity with more government interventions. So the PPC sees the only way you can move in this kind of unilateral, um, and they might say kind of hyper green policy, 
is to cede a huge amount of power over to the government in order to regulate and control almost every dimension of our life, which to the PPC, they would say that strikes the very heart of our party's platform, which is a Canada that's defined as being strong and free with limited government and limited regulation in order to ensure maximal in order to maximize flourishing and prosperity for the most amount of people. So that's a very brief walkthrough of the People Party, People's Party of Canada's platforms. And I just want to share some reflections around kind of the strengths and weaknesses. And these are informed by my own understanding of certain biblical themes. And so I'm not offering the definitive Christian perspective. But these would be the strengths that I would see some Christians that would appeal to some Christians in terms of wanting to vote for the PPC. And then I'll talk about maybe some some weaknesses. So first, I'll deal with the strengths. Uh, it's definitely going to appeal uh, from a Christian standpoint. Um, the PPC's insistence that it really should be communities, grassroots communities and individuals and not the government that should be the source of growth and change. One of the implicit warnings of the Bible, and you could certainly argue human history, is the more powerful and interventionist a government becomes, the more tyrannical it becomes, and the more individual and community liberties are first curtailed, maybe, maybe bounded, but eventually uh, lost. And so the PPC, wanting Canada to be a country that's defined as being strong and free, wants to limit government and take the risk of putting power into the hands of individuals and communities and limiting the ability of government to intervene. And for a lot of Christians, that is going to be attractive because Christians certainly don't believe that deep, a real social transformation and change for the good tends to come from from government in a top-down approach. It tends to come from individual hearts and people binding together with a unified vision. And so that vision for Canada that the PPC had, I think is going to appeal to a lot of people and certainly a lot of Christians, a land that is strong and free and we have a vision for prosperity and we're focusing on what unites us and we want to create the best Canada possible for the most amount of people. It really foregrounds these principles and values that I think do unite many Canadians if you talk to them. Uh, you know, personal responsibility, freedom, prosperity, um, a, a limitation of government influence and direction in our lives. So at the heart is this kind of really key distinction that um, government is there to serve people, not the other way around. Right? The PPC would lean very heavily to the right that would say the reason why we have a limited government is government is should be understood as a mechanism of that, that, it, that it's a um, it's an expression of community and political power that is there to serve the people. The people are government is to serve the people's agenda. The people are not there to serve the government's agenda. And that's going to appeal again for a lot of people to a lot of people who um, at, a, at a philosophical level understand the role of the government to be one of subservience to the people. Its emphasis on smaller or limited government could be seen 
by some as you're trying to limit the government because you don't care about other people. You want to limit government programs. And I think the PPC, steel manning them, would say, no, we're not limiting the government in order to avoid helping people. We're actually limiting the government in order to strengthen NGO and charities and local communities and individuals to make that change because that's where the change is both most efficient, most effective, uh, and most transformative. And so they really want to create a, um, a family of policies that allow a, a deep and real unified change to happen. And the other strength, the last strength that I would say is, um, I think, you say what you want about the actual policies, leaving that to the side, the way the PPC has presented it in terms of saying, here's the issue, here are the facts, here's the plan. They have very pragmatic policies that I think are going to appeal to a lot of people in an age where um, maybe the direction of some other parties are big platitudes, but kind of light on the plan. And the PPC kind of goes in the other direction. These are very pragmatic policies. When you read through them, again, outside of whether or not you think they're focusing on the right things, it's very clear they have a no-nonsense bullet form approach to this is what we prioritize, this is why, this is what we need to do. We need to stop doing this, we need to start doing this. And so that kind of political pragmatism, for people to read that and to say, hey, these people seem to have an actual plan beyond just a promise or a platitude, I think that would be appealing to people, especially to people who really are sincerely wanting to affect positive change in their communities. The weaknesses, I think the party's really young. I think it's filled with passionate but likely very inexperienced candidates. Um, I, you know, I think there's good discussions to be had and I, it's a huge rabbit hole to go down in terms of the whole climate change stuff and what should be our response and what level of priority should that take. Um, but I'm, you know, I, I really question the fact that the PPC's policy doesn't want to prioritize at all, doesn't want to incentivize at all any kind of green energy. I think that's unwise. I don't think that's being good stewards of the environment. I can appreciate them pushing back against the climate alarmist narrative. Um, I'm not sure in reacting to that, going in the other direction of saying we're not going to subsidize to any degree technology that could make our world cleaner and we're, we're um, and again some of the policies here um, in terms of deregulation or low regulation I'd want to read the fine print on that because I think that can become I think it's dangerous to presume that simply allowing a free market to be sort of unfettered and to have as low a regulation as possible, that's always going to lead to positive outcomes. I think that's what the PPC, PPC's philosophical foundation would be, um, but I would question that. And I think there's good examples where a significant amount of regulation, especially around issues that affect the well-being of all Canadians, is really, really significant. Also, there's no specific policy for broadly speaking, uh, poverty, uh, the housing crisis in Canada, or Indigenous relations. So I, I think that strikes me as being a little tone deaf to three issues that are really, really important to Canadians. 
that aren't addressed directly in the platforms. I think the PPC would, uh, you could infer and they mention some of those things as sub points in terms of some of their plans, but to not say, hey, we recognize poverty as a significant issue in Canada and here's our plan to deal with it. We understand that there's a housing crisis that has come about because of all these maybe flawed policies. Here's our plan. We understand and that uh, we need to strengthen and rebuild and move forward in terms of um, indigenous relations in this uh, in our in our country. Here's our plan. I think to not have a platform for those three things specifically um, is for me a real weakness. And I think that certainly as a Christian, I want to know what my party's plan is in terms of addressing poverty and housing and you know sort of these social supports and um how do we what does um justice and reconciliation look like to communities that have incurred an enormous amount of um fallout from just terrible and abusive policies Uh, how do we begin to make things right what does that look like again i'm not I'm not demanding that there has to go down a certain path, but to not have a platform that speaks to those issues at all, I think is a tremendous weakness. And I could really see being a tipping point where someone of faith says, there are some good elements here in the PPC party, but I can't bring myself in good conscience to vote for them. Maybe because I don't see their overall platform as being quite expansive enough. So that would be my very brief uh, overview of the People's Party of Canada. I hope that you'll go to their website and do your own research and consider their policies from your own perspective, read their documents, listen to interviews with Maxime Bernier. Uh, I think there's some good stuff there and I think there's stuff that uh, um, that should give us pause to consider and to go back into, certainly from a Christian perspective, to go back into scripture and say, are some of these themes that scripture highlights, are they properly addressed by this party? And if not, is that enough to sway us to uh, maybe look in a different direction? So People Party of Canada, I think it's peoplespartyofcanada.ca is the website, I believe. Uh, Peoplespartyofcanada.ca and check them out. Okay, we'll move on to the Conservative Party next time. Bye-bye.